0: Welcome into this Five Clubs Conversation. I'm Emma Carpenter, and we are here at the end of the summer, which means the end of the summer golf season here about, but very very shortly starting up is the fall college golf season. And I am lucky enough to be joined today by one of college golf's stars, and that is first team All-American at UCLA, Zoe Campos. Zoe also played this summer at the U.S. Women's Open at Pebble Beach, where we got to meet catch up and chat about her week so I'm very excited to follow up with her today about the U.S. Women's Open as well as the rest of her incredible career and what's coming up next for her. I know you're going to enjoy this lesson. This Five Clubs Conversation is brought to you by Golf Pride. Golf Pride knows that a grip isn't only a grip, it's the one piece of equipment in your hands on every single shot. And you might not know it, but it has a huge impact on your game. In fact, Golf Pride recently conducted a first of its kind study showing the impact of worn versus new grips. It showed that on average, A focus group of adept golfers gained an extra two yards of carry when they played with new grips. So what are you waiting for? Refresh your grips, refresh your game. Visit GolfPride.com today to learn more. Golf Pride, respect the grip. And with that, I welcome in Zoe Campos. Zoe, how are you? It's so good to see you again.
1: I'm great. How are you doing?
0: I am doing very well. I say see you again, you know, via zoom electronically digitally not is not as nice as seeing you in person like I got to see you at Pebble Beach but how, how are things how are things going
1: um they're going well I mean I've just been kind of resting after the open I mean I had one tournament after that but other than that I've just really just been taking care of my body
0: yeah that's really smart when you say take a lot of time off do you mean just tournaments or also golf in general do you do a lot of practicing or playing golf or are you kind of just hanging out doing some other stuff
1: um I'm really just mainly like working out and all of that um I would say I mean I would take time off from tournaments but I mean I would practice a little bit um not a whole lot not like preparing for a big tournament or something like that it was just like a little bit of repetition, but nothing too, too big.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that, that, that time off is very, very well deserved and you have a college season coming up as well. So Zoe, you have already had such an unbelievable career. And we, I want to talk about that with you today, as well as just your experiences this summer. So you have been a WGCA first team all-american, Golf Week first team all-american, all Pac-12 first team, Annika top 10 finalist. You got your first major start at the Chevron just this summer alone. You played in the Arnold Palmer Cup, helped Team USA pull out the win. Um <laughs> I like am out of breath just saying all this. You just <laughs> recently played in the California Women's Am, took fifth place there. Fifth place finish really really solid at the California Women's Am. And you're only 20, you're going to be a junior in college. So it is just so unbelievably impressive and when i say all of that when i just kind of rattle off all of these achievements and accomplishments how does that like make you feel do you think like wow i can't believe that all of this has happened
1: um i mean honestly hearing you say it all now i mean i'm kind of in shock i you know didn't really realize you know i've done all those things obviously like i have but i haven't really like thought about it super in in depth, but I mean, just looking at my accomplishments, I think it's super cool and I'm super proud of myself. Um, Obviously those are the things I did want to accomplish in college and I mean, being able to play super high level tournaments has been my goals for this year. And I mean, I'm super happy to accomplish those goals. And obviously, I have a lot more. Um, and I hope I can do that this season.
0: You certainly have, and a lot more, a lot more to come. And I do actually it's funny you say that I want to talk pretty much exactly about what you said about the goals of playing in the high level tournaments. That's something, you know, when you put that into words as a goal, I think that there's something very special about just playing in high-level tournaments. So I want to talk about that a little bit later. But you know, you talk about goals. And speaking of goals, back when you first started playing golf as early as you could practically, I actually saw somewhere that you wrote three goals on your mirror when you were only eight years old. Is that right? Yeah. Can you tell me what those goals were?
1: Um. So I don't actually remember, but I do remember one of the goals was to become number one when I become pro on the tour. Um, so I think that was the most important goal that, you know, I'm still working towards. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly don't remember those goals. They were so long ago. So, but they were all
0: golf related, right. And being, becoming the best golfer in the world.
1: Yeah, they were.
0: Wow. To have that kind of drive and desire to achieve at that age is really impressive when I was eight years old what was I even doing worried about like my American girl dolls or something Mm -hmm. I don't even I wish I had had that kind of like (laughs) motivation desire for myself that's really really cool but how did you know at such a young age that you wanted to be a golfer
1: um I think just, I mean, going out there with my dad and just, you know, doing it for fun in the beginning and, you know, just swinging a club, making putts, I think that's just when I really fell in love and, like, it was so different from everything else I've played. I mean, I was such a sport addict when I was younger and I loved to do anything like in school, whether it be just, you know, throwing or playing handball or whatever I'd always want to win but playing golf was just different I mean going out there you know you're playing against so many people and um, just the determination and discipline it takes to play golf I mean I think that's you know just what brought me into the game
0: so even when you you would say even when you were eight years old like the focus and discipline that it took to be a good golfer was something that something that you really enjoyed?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Wow. That's, that's so impressive. That's definitely how you know that the sport was meant for you or you were meant for the sport. You've made such an impact on the sport, but would you say when you first started playing that you knew right away, how good you already were or how good you were going to become if i asked you that is it both is it one or the other how would you say
1: um i would say i knew i could become really good um i think from the start i mean i it kind of was just natural to me um kind of just like my swing in general i could just naturally hit the ball well Um, and then I guess from there, I just like, oh, like this was something I want to do. And I kept working towards it. And then I was like, okay, one day I can be the best or I can be really good at this.
0: After an unbelievable junior career, fast forward a little bit, including in in a very impressive finish at the Augusta National Women's Am, a fifth, fifth place finish when you were, how old, how old were you? 15? 16. 16 at the Augusta National Women's Am, fifth place finish. I mean, and at that point, you were already committed to play for UCLA, I believe. But I really, I think it's so fascinating to talk with college golfers, college athletes in general, especially just because we've all had such different experiences. How, how, with your recruiting process, when did you know, having been born in West Hills, California, you're a Californian when did you know that you wanted to play for ucla was it before you were being recruited
1: um so yes i mean i think it was super early i was actually nine (laughs) um so they actually had the pac-12 championships at my home course here in valencia um and then obviously ucla was playing and um one of the my the people I look up to Allison Lee who also went to UCLA was also from Valencia so um we would practice together she would kind of like teach me a little bit um and then I guess like she's always someone I looked up to ever since I was young and started golf um and I kind of wanted to follow in her footsteps and then having the Pac-12s be there and just watching all the girls play and I mean, just looking at, you know, the UCLA bags, I mean, I thought it was so cool. And having it also be so close to home, I thought it was just perfect for me. And it was also my dream school, so.
0: When did you get on your uh, coach's radar at UCLA? Would you
1: say? Um, I think... I was in eighth grade, I think. So I don't know how old that is, 13, 14? mm mm-hmm. um, But I remember doing an unofficial visit when I was like 13, 14. Um, and I guess that's when it started. And then from there, they just kept watching me. And then later on... I think my fresh my freshman year like 2 weeks into my freshman year of high school they offered me. So I think it was a pretty quick process. <laughs>
0: Especially if that's did you look at other schools?
1: Um no, I honestly did not. I like considered like other Pac-12 schools, but they weren't like something that I really wanted in my heart. I always wanted to go to UCLA, so my eyes were kind of already set.
0: You're still there now. You're going to be a junior. You've only played two years. You've been a huge part of the program. We talk about our dream schools, our dream achievements, our dream tournament, all the things, all, so many dreams that we have, right? And you say UCLA is your dream school. At the end of the day, not always our dreams aligned with reality, right? there's going to be ups and downs no matter no matter where you go no matter what happens how would you say UCLA has lived up has it been lived up to what you originally thought would you say it's it's been everything you thought it would be
1: uh yeah definitely i mean i think it's been a lot better than i thought it would be i mean coming in just having the team the coaches the school and just how pretty the campus is I mean everything about the school is so awesome and just how they take care of you I mean I think that's with any school ever but just having it be my dream school and being there now it's just it's been amazing and I'm you know super grateful to have had the opportunity to play there and you know I still have two more years and I'm just super excited for the rest. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely lived up to my expectations.
0: Wow. Well, it sounds like it has exceeded expectations, actually, too. So that is that's really great to hear. What would you say has been your favorite part about being at UCLA?
1: Um, I would say just being with the girls. I mean, you know, having golf be such an individual sport and, you know, turning golf into a team sport in college I think it's so amazing and I mean the girls are obviously super sweet and I mean there's so much support from them and you know I give them so much support too and you know I there was no there's nowhere else where I'd rather be and I think it's just super super awesome to be with them and just be with the coaches too and just really bond together
0: well, I, I absolutely love that answer that's it Probably something that I would say as well is what's made my experience. And, you know, obviously, Allison Lee was so much older than you, but just getting to experience a little bit of spending time with another girl who was such a good player and um, who like someday you knew that when you played for UCLA, you would have teammates and you'd have that camaraderie and all of those experiences. I definitely feel the exact same way. So it sounds like sounds like you really lucked out and got some good teammates, huh?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So we got to talk about it a little bit um when we were when you were in Pebble Beach and I was there uh watching and got to we got to chat a little bit. So you first of all qualified for the U.S. Women's Open, first the first U.S. Women's Open ever being at Pebble Beach. You did it in your hometown at Valencia Country Club. And this was your seventh try. Unbelievable. So remarkable. Um, I don't think people really understand how difficult it is to qualify for a U.S. Open. But something that we got to talk about while we were in Pebble Beach is a little bit more about your college career, about from your freshman year to your sophomore year, you actually really, really had a a click Um, looking at all of your achievements your sophomore year at UCLA. um, You you were 28 for 28 of counting rounds for your team. That is something that really stuck out to me. That's what's truly, truly impressive is the consistency because so many good players can play really well and, and have good tournaments. But the fact that 28 out of 28 rounds that you played for your team this past year every single one counted. That is so, so remarkable to me. And I want to talk to you about what it was that you feel like kind of caused that click, that infamous click that we talk about. And I feel like, you know, as great as a player as, as you've been throughout your life, that difference between freshman year and sophomore year was definitely notable. And what would you attribute that to, would you say?
1: I mean, I would say my freshman year, to be honest, because, you know, I didn't play well. I was struggling a bit. Um, and then going into summer, I was like, OK, like just you can get it together. Like we all have the downs. I mean, you, my year was not great at all. And, you know, I was super disappointed with how I was playing. Um, And I guess that really just motivated me to work harder and do better. Obviously, you know, we don't know the outcomes, you know, what they'll be. Um, All I could do is work harder. But I guess, I I don't know, something just in my mind was like, maybe this is your year. Like, you can do it this year. Like, just improve a little bit each day. And that's, I guess that's what happened
0: if I said you had to give me a percentage of what the difference was being mental and physical in the change that happened if I said you know was it 50% physical 50% mental of the difference that I made in myself to make that change what would how would you say that percentage is in the difference from your freshman year to your sophomore year
1: um I would say about 70% mental, 30% physical, because I knew I always had the physical part in me. I had, you know, I could hit the ball, I could chip, I could putt. I think it was more so mental for me, just, you know, always asking why, like, why is this going on? Like, why can't I just play good? Like, I knew I had it in me, but I guess going into sophomore year or the summer of sophomore year it was just pretty much all mental i would say
0: and the way that you described it just a second ago as well as it was like a conversation that you had with yourself of i'm gonna cut it out and i'm gonna do it or is it something that you worked on with with your dad or with your swing coach or your college coaches What were these conversations like that really made the difference, even if it's a conversation with yourself?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much just talking to myself. I think talking to yourself is super important, especially, you know, you wouldn't want anyone else. I mean, if you talk negatively about yourself, you wouldn't want that for someone else. So I like just kind of switched that up and, you know, started telling myself I can do it you know you have it it's just a matter of time and you know you just keep working hard and it'll show
0: right so would you say that a lot of it is confidence it sounds like
1: um yeah i mean i think confidence is a big thing um i think that definitely played a, a big part in how i played um going into tournaments i knew i knew i could play well Um, And I kept just kept telling myself that. And, you know, I guess if you just convince yourself, it kind of all goes the right way sometimes. But um, yeah, it was confidence definitely played a big part.
0: I I definitely could take a page out of your book and just (laughs) saying,
1: cut it out and play
0: well, Emma. (laughs) That's that's what I need. (laughs) Like I mentioned we got to talk about what we're chatting about right now, a little bit in Pebble beach, you're in Pebble beach because you qualified for the U S women's open and something I got to speak with your father a little bit and something that really, really stuck out to me. I've actually told a lot of people about it because I thought it was really cool. He said, "Um, I, I said, we were talking about your qualifier and how it was your, your seventh qualifier. And you guys were so excited that you finally got it done. And I said, wow, how neat too, at your home course. And, very very special and he said he said um yeah i i told zoe that we're not gonna do we're gonna do every qualifier i mean this includes us open usam all the qualifiers that you've ever played in he said we're gonna do it in california closest to us the closest one to us and If she doesn't qualify, then she doesn't deserve to go. And I don't care if it's the toughest competition. I don't care if it's the toughest course. I don't care if it's the toughest qualifier. Like that's the one we're going to go to. And I was like, wow, that is so cool and a really good way to think about it. Because I mean, I know, I know a lot of people who choose to, you know, travel to qualifiers because the course suits their game really well or you know sometimes scheduling it's just kind of where it works out um and you know I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea at all to travel to a course uh that suits your game um because getting to the tournament is really important obviously but I thought that was so interesting that he said we're gonna go to the closest one and that's how it's gonna be How, how how do you feel about you know that that philosophy
1: um well I mean I definitely agree with my dad um I think California's super competitive, and I mean, no matter the course here, I think he just wants me to, you know, achieve something where it was a little bit more competitive and a little bit more difficult, because, um, I mean, me and him think that no matter, you know, where you go or wherever you play or who you're playing with, I mean, it's your game. And, I mean, no matter the course you play, even if it's harder than one other, I mean, your game is going to get you there. It doesn't matter, like, you know, the difficulty or anything, really. Um, I think he just, you know, wanted to push me a little bit. And, I mean, I I would agree with him. I pushed myself, too. I mean, I you know, I wouldn't want to play a qualifier that's, like, somewhere a little bit easier or somewhere where the field isn't as strong right right um, i think it just you know it also gives you confidence and you know even if i don't make it or i do make it and if i'm close or whatnot um i think it just it improves your game just because of the competitiveness
0: yeah, that's really, that's really neat to hear you say. It actually reminds me, when you were saying that just now, it reminds me of the way, I believe it was Annika Sorenstam, when she first started playing and um, she talked about the concept of qualifying and she talked about um, how it was like a win-win type of situation where, you know, if you don't qualify, then, you know, this applies to things like Monday qualifiers and everything like that. If you don't qualify, then you had an opportunity to learn and, you know, assess your game in that qualifier, in that field and under that pressure. And you have that to work on. And if you did qualify, then you have the opportunity to play in this event and where you learn so much. And like, it was genuinely like Annika said, it is a win-win, no matter what happens. And I thought that was really, really neat to hear and you know, what makes a really good golfer and the fact that you just said, I want to play no matter where I go, no matter who I face, no matter the golf course, I'm gonna play my game. And I, if I don't qualify, at least I mean it was the strongest field and everything that you just said, I was like, wow, that's makes a lot of sense. <laughs> There's always something to learn no matter what happens, right?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Fast forward after the qualifier and then to the US Women's Open this summer. Um, just overall, I can't even imagine the experience for you having been at your first US women's Open. How would you describe it now that it's all over? I know we got to spend most of our time together before you played. Now that it's all over. How would you describe your experience?
1: Um, I would say it was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, having my coach on the back, having my parents there, having it be at Pebble, um, I thought it was just super cool and just, I mean, to experience a major tournament at, you know, still while still in college, I mean, I think that's, you know, just the way I think of it is just one step closer to what I want to be. And you know, obviously, I didn't play well, and you know, I was frustrated and disappointed with that, but then, you know, I sat down and I was just thinking to myself that it just makes me want it more, makes me want to be out there with the pros. um, And I mean, I think just playing with the pros, seeing all the people, walking the fairways. I mean, it was just like a dream and just a glimpse of like what my future could be on tour.
0: I love that. That's absolutely right. Just a, just a glimpse of what it's, what it's going to be. This actually wasn't your, it was your first U S open, but it wasn't your first major. You played in your first major uh, in the Chevron championship. Um, not too, not too long before. So, I mean, how would you describe your comfort level at the U S open? It wasn't your first, wasn't your first um major, like I said, and you've already competed so much at really, really high levels. Obviously that definitely would help you in your comfort level, but how would you still describe your comfort level at Pebble that week?
1: Um, I would say I was pretty comfortable, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I mean, I just love playing big tournaments. Obviously, I've played uh you know, big tournaments before and I just I think the environment is so different and I just love that feeling and being out there I was super just excited and I wanted to play and I mean gosh I don't know (laughs) I it was kind of crazy I mean I think I just I'm super comfortable out there just what I'm doing I don't think you know I ever get you know anxiety or when I'm playing golf I just I love being out there and I mean having it be my second major I think obviously it made it a little bit or made it for me a little bit more comfortable but I mean I love crowd I love I love just I mean the setting it's just amazing
0: well that's how you know you're meant to be out there that you feel really comfortable girl I get so nervous do you not get nervous when you play golf
1: um I do. I mean it depends on the situation. I mean I'm always nervous on the first tee, but then after that I'm fine. I'm kind of like smooth sailing, but um yeah, it all just depends on the situation.
0: Yeah, first tee, the first tee gets you every single time. If anybody told me they weren't nervous on the first tee, I would be I would be shocked. <laughs> so I said we were going to get to this later on. When you talked about the goal of playing in big tournaments, right? I feel like at the end of the day, we can prepare all we want, but it's the actual experience that gets that gets us better at, at the sport and better the next time that we're there, right? I mean, you can prepare all you, all you want to play in the U.S. Open, but there's no doubt that the next U.S. Open you play in will be even better, just solely based off of the experience that you had. With that being said, will you change anything about your approach for the next US Open that you play in?
1: Um I definitely wouldn't change anything. Obviously I worked hard and um I you know took every bit of my game just one step or one level up um you know when I was practicing, but I definitely wouldn't change anything. I mean, I prepared as much as I could like you said. Um You know, that's all you can do. I mean, heading into a tournament, you know, you want to feel good um, about your game, but, you know, you never know what could happen as long as, you know, you're physically prepared and mentally prepared. I mean, you know, that's all you can ask for and all you can do for yourself and, you know, just, you know, a matter of what happens out there.
0: That's absolutely right. Was there anything that week that surprised you?
1: Um, I would say, I mean, I was going to say how difficult the course was, but it's a U.S. Open course, so, but, um, I mean, no, I mean, I think just everything about it was super cool and super amazing. And I mean, to see so many people out there and so many, you know, little girls out there just watching us I think that was you know amazing and just for me to inspire those would, was something you know like I'd love to do also
0: yeah I absolutely love that the direction that women's golf is going is really 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 exciting and when I see young girls getting into the game and especially if they're out there watching tournaments it is so cool I think it's the coolest thing ever Um, you would said that the course was playing a lot harder than you thought it would well, probably you're just not used to like golf ever being hard for you. But um, yeah. <laughs> what would you, what made it so tough? What would you say?
1: Um, I would say the rough. Obviously, it's super thick. Um, and then the That's greens were, yeah, the greens were <laughs> super firm. Um, you know, I could, it was hard to really stop the ball.
0: Right. Well, especially downwind when the wind's so strong.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the wind, too, played a big factor.
0: Right. I mean, it's always going to be windy there and yeah. um, good players play well in wind um, because the thing about wind is that you can't fake it in the wind. You need mm-hmm. to you need to strike the ball well and you need to you know, control the, the spin on the golf ball. But yeah. mostly you would say just it was firm and fast and rough was long.
1: Yeah, that's about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That sounds sounds like U.S. Open. So. Zoe, you are such a remarkable golfer, you're top 60 amateur in the world, only 20 years old, just finished up your sophomore year year of college, just played in the U.S. Women's Open. Is there something that you wish everyday golfers understood about the competitive space when we talk about Hebel and how difficult it is? Is there something that you wish that people who just play regular leisurely golf, something that you wish they understood?
1: Um, I would say I kind of wish they understood how, how much work you have to put in to really be good and to really play well. Cause I think a lot of, you know, golfers that just, you know, play out there for fun or just play around. I think, you know, and they get mad like about a shot or whatever. Like I, to me, I feel like you know, you're out there for fun. You know, you, you don't need to, you know, have any like anger towards it because, you know, you're not working as hard as, you know, we do. But yeah, I think that's one thing a lot of golfers don't really understand.
0: That is so funny that you say that I've said to a couple of my friends who don't play golf, who, Will play for fun and then be really frustrated. I'll say, I don't think you've earned the right to be frustrated with this. Yeah, I say, I say to my father, Zoe. My father, love him to death. He gets so frustrated. He like plays golf a lot and he gets really frustrated when he doesn't play well. And I'm same with my mom. She loves to play, and I say say to them, When's the last time you practiced? How I are mean, like, you <laughs> oh, yeah. going to
1: get better? yeah exactly
0: so before i move into our five clubs five questions the way i wrap up we wrap up every single episode here um we gotta chat for a second about your college season what's your college season looking like what are you looking forward to it's gonna start soon here
1: yeah i mean i'm looking forward to i mean, just we kind of have a new team right now we have four four new girls coming in one's a freshman and three new transfers and then we have a new assistant coach and our old assistant coach being new head coach, I think I'm just super excited for um just the new new environment, like a new team, a new, new setting. I mean, I think, you know, all the girls are great and I think we're going to have a really good season and, you know, hopefully, you know, all turns out well. But yeah, I'm just super, super excited for the new, the new setting.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. How neat. Something funny about golf is our teams are so small that the team is always different each year. There's new people coming in. There's people who had left, but you, especially with the coaching change and it sounds like you got a lot of new teammates. So that's definitely exciting. Have you gotten to kind of meet some people already and touch base a little bit before the season's going to start?
1: Yeah. I mean, I know all the girls right now. Um. We've seen each other at tournaments and all of that. So we've chatted a bit. Um, but yeah, they're all super sweet and yeah, just super excited for for them to come in and experience the UCLA world.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. What's your favorite like hangout spot at UCLA?
1: Um, definitely the gif. So it's our on-campus practice facility. Um, And we have like a little building for us just to like, hang out and stuff. Um, I take a lot of naps there. (laughs) Um, And then I'll just like, go out and put a few balls or chips. So I'm always, I'm always out there. And if I'm not, then I'm on the course.
0: (laughs) That is, that is so funny. Like, you probably never leave (laughs) if you're, if you're right. I mean, it's like you got your hangout spot. You can relax. You can go out and play, practice, whatever. You probably never leave.
1: No, I barely do. I mean, one time I left, I don't know, like 10 PM. Um, (laughs) But I I just love hanging out there.
0: Yeah. You do homework there too?
1: Yeah. I do everything there. Homework, eat, sleep, just watch TV.
0: Good deal. Well, it's all you need. Yeah. All you need, the golf. That's all. I mean, the, that's as a college golfer, student athlete. Good for you. You got to put the student in student athlete as well. <laughs> Alrighty. So I'm going to wrap it up here with our five clubs, five questions. Number one, how many hours a week would you say you spend practicing? And like in a, in a peak time of year,
1: mm. I need to calculate. One second. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say twenty-four to thirty hours.
0: You know, you know, it's a lot of hours when you need like a calculator <laughs> 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 to figure it out. That's a- it's a perfect, perfect follow up to our last question of uh, people who don't practice that people don't understand how much work it takes to be a good player, right? Yeah. It's
1: yeah. about, it's
0: almost a full-time job.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. All right. Number two, who would you say is the biggest inspiration for you in the game of golf?
1: Um, I would say Allison Lee and Rory.
0: Love it. Love it. Why you, we got to hear a little bit about Alison Lee. Why Rory would you say?
1: I think just Rory because he's so passionate and so motivated to do well and do well for the sport. I just think he's, I mean, he's a great golfer obviously, but I think he's a great, or he just has a great mindset towards the game.
0: Totally agree. He's my favorite too.
1: Um. <laughs>
0: all right love this question number three this is one of my favorites do you have any superstitions
1: oh yeah so um for every round I have to use a different ball marker and then I have when I mark the pins in the book I have to use the same colors I would like say like round one for another tournament and then say I would use like orange and then round one for a tournament in the future, I would use orange, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Are there more? Um, Not that I can think of. Wait, so did you say, am I
0: understanding you correctly? You use a different ball marker for every single round.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's a lot
0: of ball markers. Where do you get? Do you just use ones from the course? How, how do you? Where are you swapping them in so quickly?
1: No, um, so we always get like new ball markers from school. Like our coach just like orders so many ball markers. But I mean, I like rotate. I kind of like we have like I don't I don't know how many I have like seven ten but
0: okay okay so every round in the tournament can't be the same ball marker
1: yes yes
0: we're just like here I was thinking it was like a use it once throw it away I can't use it again I was no,
1: like oh no is,
0: what a shame <laughs> <laughs> only they got all these team ball markers are using it once <laughs> yeah. that's funny uh, that's when I feel like I feel like I so I switch the ball marker if I'm not putting well. And then if I'm putting really well, I keep the ball marker. But that's my superstition.
1: I'm different.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. No, is it the same way with the with the like the marker too? Like if you used that ball marker for round one of the last tournament, you're going to use the ball marker for round one of the next tournament or no?
1: No. No.
0: Okay. Okay. So just a rotation.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Got it. Okay. Um so funny I think my favorite thing about the super last thing I'll say about the superstitions I think what's so funny to me about it is that I'm proud of you for saying yes I do I think I've said this on another podcast too before the one of the funniest things to me is I'll ask people sometimes if they have any superstitions and they'll be like no not really I just like have to wear one hat and like I have to wear this color socks and like <laughs> it's like I'm like that's totally a superstition yeah <laughs> <laughs> Golfers are so crazy. People, like, sometimes we like to think we're not crazy, but we are. Yeah. All right. Number four. What is an embarrassing moment that's happened to you on the golf course?
1: Mm.
0: You can think of one.
1: I don't know. I don't think I've ever had anything embarrassing happen to me. I don't know. If I had one, I I would definitely speak up nothing
0: nothing not embar- I'm a bit I embarrass myself all the time so I'm just used to it
1: mm, I don't think so
0: good for you good for you we'll swap we'll swap in another one I almost asked you this question but I'm gonna ask but I ran out of one so whatever we'll swap this <laughs> one in what is never ask this never ask somebody at this on a podcast you're the first what is your favorite color? blue me too is it like your favorite color to look at or your favorite color to wear
1: uh both
0: number five what is your favorite golf course that you have ever played
1: mm. liberty national nice. um it's kind of in between liberty and augusta
0: well zoe with all of this being said thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been so much fun catching up and nice to follow up after seeing you at Pebbles as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Best of luck to you and your college season coming up and I hope I'll see you soon.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Thank you so much, Zoe Campos, for joining me today on Five Clubs. It was so great to catch up and follow up after the U.S. Women's Open, and we so look forward to following the rest of Zoe's college career and professional career someday, okay? So thanks so much, Zoe, and thanks, listeners, for tuning in today on Five Clubs. We'll see you next time.